All right, here we are. Boy, we were all over the place on that one. Yeah, we were. That's Sometimes okay. that's going to happen. I, I don't mind. I, I think that uh, it's a lot of difference. It's always nice. I think our best shows are the ones that just kind of organically flow one thing into the other. But there was a lot of disjointed kind of current events going on. I felt on there. that. Yeah, yeah, I felt that, too. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> we'll do better next time. Yeah, we'll uh, get docked and pay on this one. Yeah, yeah. No pay for you this week. Seems like there are some things that I, hey, I was I wanna, purposely I trying to hold over. But go ahead. I wanted to bring up something, something my brother said to me, and I just wrote it down and maybe we could have a, a quick discussion about it. But uh, we were talking about uh, Christianity in particular church, and uh, we were talking about denominations. And my brother came up with a, a, a name for a denomination, a new denomination. And oh, I think it's needed. Let's hear it. The, uh, the non-judgmental denomination. And uh, I kind of like that because um, people, you know, church shouldn't be about judgment. So many people stay away from church, stay away from religion because they feel like everybody's going to judge them. Well, it's and, based on judgment day. Well, it, but there's but that. According to Christianity, um, there, it, it, I mean, this is a quote right out of the Bible. And now there is no uh, condemnation, uh, for those who, uh, love the Lord. And, um, and so, but it seems like churches, uh, and I'm not trying to point the finger at anybody, but it just seems like religious people are always trying to, oh, well, those people are doing this and they're wrong or they're doing that or, or the whole gay thing, you know, like, oh, you, I, I, the thing that here, especially living out in California is they they make it, so that it makes gay people feel like they can't go to church or that they're going to, they're, they're going to be judged or. Well, historically just, that's been the case. I but mean, that's not, that's not the, supposed to be like, it's not supposed to be. I well, understand I what like, you're saying. I like that's the sentiment saying. of what you're saying. Judgmental. That's a tough one. It's kind of like I go to planet fitness and it's, got right up there in giant letters the no judgment zone and what do you, you go to the other side and on the wall they have lunkhead and it looks like a, a definition out of webster's dictionary right and it's somebody that grunts and groans and drops their weights and uh stuff like that so they have their own judgment is what they did right here. The one side says no judgment zone. The other side, they come up with this whole grandiose, horrible judgment on people. Now, there is no such thing as no judgment. This is the slippery slope. Is now, if, you, if you're walking down the street and it's nine o'clock at night and you, got, and you are thinking about taking a left down an alley and there's a black guy down there, you see him down there, you're making a judgment. Now, and, oh, you, you, if you're not, then you're not human because you're every, you're making a judgment. If you're going to stick your hand underwater, when you see where, where the tap is set to like, is that hot or how hot? Because everything that you're doing, and it's a series of hierarchy is about safety. You're trying to keep yourself safe. So every single thing that you do, you're making a value judgment on. So if you're choosing to go down an alley and whether it's a white person, whether it's a white person all tatted up with long hair, 
Okay. You're making a value judgment. So everything what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I even mean about the, uh, so no planet fitness. My gym tries to do that too. Now I want, I couldn't wait for that gym to open because I was so sick of going to that commercial gym where I went with all those a bunch of meatheads. They're groaning and groaning and groaning, slamming their weights down. And I can't stand <laughs> slamming and, their weights down. Oh, yeah. Every time a superhero show a movie comes out there, and then they're all. Argh! And I, no, I can't stand that. I wasn't like that when I was that young either, by the way. Um, so I couldn't wait for this, but they don't even have scales. Oh, that would be judgment. OK, see, so there's one thing is not being judgment on every in every man's gym cool that's what i wanted like tone down all that you know i don't want to see bimbos and they're all made up either i don't want that distraction um or or the meathead thing or i just want to work out in the morning uh but when but give us a scale we want to you know see our progress a personal thing i'm not i'm not you know i don't want it in big letters my weight going up across the top of the gym uh ceiling or something no but i want to see it myself and like i said about the no lunkhead thing oh and then they uh for better or for worse if you drop your weights or grunt or something they put off a siren (laughs) shames you wow shames you (laughs) no it keeps people from doing that but what i'm saying is there's no such thing as no judgment it's it's still going to come in yeah no i i think when i'm taught in i get but i understand saying. your sentiment yeah yeah but at some point it's going to turn on you that's my yeah point. and i guess where i was coming from is that um you know from a christian point of view is that jesus accepts you exactly the way that you are uh that you don't have to great in order for christ to to love you in fact he proved that by going to the cross before before you even did anything to change and uh and and that should be the sentiment of the church is that we we accept you and um and you don't have to change in order to be in order to be loved and i don't think that that's uh, a message that everyone's getting out there i think that uh, in fact i remember before i became a christian i thought well i don't want to do that because i'm going to have to give up all these things that I love to do, or, and I'm going to have to be this other person. And I just, I don't, I don't think that's the way that it should be, but I, I kind of like that, uh, that whole concept. I like the concept too. And I think I don't want to uh, shut it down whatsoever. Um, I don't want to be that guy. It'll never work. You know, when you're brainstorming something, no, I highly encourage it. I'm just put opening up a light to there's always judgment. And well, yeah. the further we, you lean we, into this no judgment thing, the more you'll realize you're be, you're creating a different judgment. Well, yeah, and and even the whole no judgment could be a judgment. That is my point. <laughs> the more you lean into it, the more you realize you're going to yeah. create a judgment. That's yeah. what they do I at see Planet what you're Fitness. Saying. Yes, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like looking into the uh, the Hall of Mirrors. It's like oh, I can't get out of this. Yeah. Uh, no matter if I look behind me, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. All right. Let me let me cover this movie that I saw because it it actually brings up a, a pretty interesting subject and. Uh, the movie is called Ex Machina. It's, I saw uh, that. Yeah. So uh, great philosophical movie. 
Yes, I thought so too. So um, the whole the whole movie is based on this guy that um, he he's a programmer for a Google like company, and he wins a contest so that he can be with the CEO for he wins a trip to to go to the CEO's mansion out in the secluded area and spend a week out there. What what ends up happening is that he's surprised by the CEO because. He becomes a part of this experiment where he's supposed to judge a uh, a, a, a human-like uh, creation of his, where he's developed a, through AI um, a a mind in this very human-looking robot or android, I guess, and he's supposed to judge whether this this uh, this this creation is is human-like and uh, really great i mean it's a very thought-provoking movie according to won a whole bunch of awards and oh it um, was a excellent movie i was riveted by the whole thing i mean i i should I, watch I, it twice too yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't leave uh, the, my seat. I had to see the the whole movie. It's funny because i i have um, I, I have the ability to to pause the movie and everything with my the cable that I have. But um, Anne Marie had paused it so long that we couldn't pause it anymore. So like Scott called me up in the middle of it, and I'm like, okay, I'm watching a movie. I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> so. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting and, and the, the twist at the end of the movie, I won't give it away, yeah, no. but it was mind blowing. And at the same time, sort of predictable as much time. as we talk about AI, it's, it, it's kind of like the movie version of what we talk about. It, it, exactly. And, you know, coincidentally, at the same time, I was talking to my friend Rex and uh, he put a post up about uh, a dystopian type of environments uh, that are in movies. And he was bringing up Soylent Green. But at the end of his little article, he had uh, when was the last time you watched a movie about AI that had a happy ending? Right. right. Uh, sort of thought provoking. And I had to, hmm, I can't, can't think of one. Right. Um, so it's an interesting thing that we're, that we're looking at. And we have so much of this that's going on right now where our, our country and countries around the world are, are fast developing this technology. Uh, AI, and I brought up this article last week um, of biotechnology and how uh, our government and the, the Chinese government are, are working on biotechnology and AI put together. And, you know, anytime technology is involved, there's so much good that can come out of it, but our countries always look at it as national defense as well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so uh, the, the article that came out was about how the, uh, the Chinese, the, the, the People's Liberation Army has been testing uh, mind control. Uh, using biotechnology and AI in order to uh, place thoughts into their own army, place thoughts into their enemies' army. You know, we're doing to, that. We're doing and, that. And, and yeah, and so that's this is my point, though, is if 
if we have an article coming out saying that they're doing it, it means we're doing it. Yeah, uh, we yeah, have yeah. to do it. And I mean, if whatever we come up with, they got to come up with. And yeah. it's like the space race. It's the, the exact same thing with the, yeah. with these things is. Um, and so I just wanted to get you know, what is what's your take on that whole thing? What's the exact question? about the, the 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 ai race i got well let me let me frame it in a different way is that you are a person that has talked about melding mind and uh, melding yeah. human inevitable. and machine together sure enough and i see where this whole concept of hey that could be a good thing but of course our governments are going to get a hold of it and they're going to use it really to kill people. Uh, that's what they always do. And there was a bit of that concept in that movie, Ex Machina as mm -hmm. well. And just wanted to get your take on that. Oh, it's so complicated because I don't know what comes first. Um, when you speed up a cybernetic process, um, the mind, uh, um, if you could take something, a, a, a supercomputer like the brain and combine it with AI, so that it's supercharged. Well, at what point? Oh, stop! I'm trying to talk here. <laughs> uh, at, at what point do, do people come together and quickly? Uh, it becomes impenetrable to the government. Like, okay, it, couple that or, or juxtapose that with what I've wondered about forever is with qu a quantum computer. Yes. You got AI coupled with a quantum computer. How is it not God like immediately? Okay. And so therefore, even the strongest government and with our primitive minds cannot outthink it. It's already seen every possible, every thousand, the thousands of different possibilities that could happen with all their horrible outcomes. So the quantum computer uh, guides everything, guides every action so that it guides it to a peaceful outcome. That's that's what it all seems like to me. So, you know, you 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 brought it up. The good point, I think Rex did about when's the last time you saw a good outcome with this AI stuff? Oh, no, never. Um, it's because when we dip our big toes into the unknown and into evolution, we always worry. We're scared to death about what could be the horrible outcome and things were always better in our rose colored glasses of the the days in history when the fact is and i'm going to correct something i said i think last week about the great things that are going on in the world i said 170,000 people are being pulled out of poverty every day uh because of the growing richness of our world it's 135,000 not 170 i misquoted that but to my point we always because because it goes back to what we're talking about judgments and you have to make judgments in order to stay safe. We want to know the bad news, the potential bad income so that we can stay predictively safe. And so we don't know what's going to happen with AI. We don't know what's going to happen if a UFO comes down tomorrow. So what do we always do? We assume it's going to be a horrible, destructive thing to us because that's what we worry about. You know, that's what we want to know about. Now, if it's just a rosy outcome, okay, move on to the next thing. Who cares? That's it. So you don't write a story like that, you know? Okay, rosy outcome, who cares? That's, that's my feelings on it. So anyways, I tend to think, 
I can see all the horrible outcomes, the strong possibility of mind control manipulation. When we're talking about social engineering that we're doing now for social credits in order to control people's behavior, I can absolutely go down that road all day long and, and talk about the horrors of what could and may very well happen. But what's not being said and what is more probable, if you look at historically speaking, how we get better and better and better, which is why I brought up about people coming out of poverty and all that. Everything's truly gotten better, but we only focus on the bad. And we talked about a couple of weeks ago how, oh, the rainforest. Oh, hell, by now we're going to be choking on uh, CO2. But no, mm -hmm. we replenished all the rainforest, but we don't talk about that. We improved everything so much. And that's what's going to continue to happen if you just follow the chart on what's happened throughout history. You know, climate change. Oh, my God, we're going to, you know, torch the planet and all that. We'll, we'll rectify that. It's not the 12 year boom, boom, you know, kaboom, the planet's going up. No, it's um, we're going to lose a degree by the end of the century or five degrees or something like that by the end of the century. But that's time to reverse things. And we're taking it seriously now. So I think the same thing about I tend to think the same thing about AI is that we are going to combine this intelligence into something that will be so freaking intelligent that it will be able to see all the thousands of different ways that things can go off the rails and it will take all those little tiny events and turn them in the right direction so that we have a more uh, sustainable outcome. That's an interesting take that you have there. And I, and I see it. I see what you're saying. And I, I see both see, ways. Yeah, I see so both do I. ways. So do yeah. I. I also see where as we develop technology and as, as the information age is linking technologies together, you add in quantum to that whole thing and, mm -hmm. we, and, and developments happen very quickly at the yeah. same time, uh, developments in, in, in uh, eliminating enemies can happen at a much more at quantum speed. Um, the, 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 there's, there's good and bad that, that can happen here. So I guess we're just going to have to find out, but, uh, uh, but, but at it the is end of the day, looking at these things, if we get, uh, the cybernetic link between us and we become a human internet, we basically merge with the internet, which is kind of like the Borg on Star Trek, but that's a dystopian kind of Borg. All right. But if we link all human beings together like this, it's kind of the point. We're all human beings. We're not United States. We're not Americans and Chinese and Russians and all that. And so if 7 billion people are linked and not just 100,000 government officials from around the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally know what you mean. Who's and that's gonna such an interesting win that thing war. that you just said right. is that when you take a look at uh, what you're describing is really uh, one, one world and one world government uh that's exactly how the ending of the bible happens and how and i'm telling you destroys it's, itself i'm telling you there there's so many biblical tie-ins uh yes. metaphors it seems yeah well in the bible it's not a good thing uh no. it's a bad thing when that happens and mm. uh and because it, it it turns out that the people that have the power to make that happen still have that human quality about them where absolute power corrupts absolutely mm -hmm. and it's part of the fallen nature of man so 
absolute it's an, it's an power, interesting concept, but absolute power happens with division. All right. You can't have absolute power unless you're walled off in some way. If all of humankind is linked together, that's kind of the, that's the opposite. Everybody has equal power. Everybody is the power. Everybody, basically, I think you become God at that point. Mm. All one. I, I always think that we're all just droplets of God. I mean, each I one understand of us, what you're saying, right? Right. Yeah. I can link I can them all together and you got God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's so many different stories in the Bible that uh, that that where people are trying to make that happen. Uh, and not just the Bible, but in human history, where people are trying to make that happen. And it always ends up being a bad thing. It I think a lot of it is interpretation, thing. but uh, I don't know about that. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, I, I, I have some examples uh, where you can't say that it's an interpretation. It's, uh, it's just that's how it happened. Um, anytime we've tried to, whenever we've tried to combine forces and combine and be and be one, it seems to me like that just doesn't work. Look at your, the European Union and bringing together all of those different countries under one one. Uh, thing. And it seems like Europe has just fallen apart. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's working out very well for them. And I just, I, I see a pattern in that whole thing that just doesn't see, it seems like I get what you're saying and I want it to be the way that you're saying it, but it just seems like the fallen nature that we have where people are always trying to have power over people that that's, that's a part of human nature. That's never going to stop. Uh, and, and, and that's where, that's where bad things happen. If everybody had benevolence on the inside of them, and that's really what the core of their DNA was, then I could see what you're saying would, would be the truth, but that's just, unfortunately, uh, not how everybody thinks. I wish that they uh, we all have both. I mean, we, we, all, we do all yeah. have both. We do yeah. all have both. I mean, benevolence we, and benevolence. I mean, yeah. and once again, um, I mean, if we take a look at the internet right now, <laughs> what was that neighborhood app that we were on? Man, Next door. People, people get on that and they just want to destroy everybody yeah. on there. Yeah. And um, it's, it seems to be the human nature. Okay, so now you got to tell me what's going on over there with your dog. Why? 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 He's what? been in his Does cage. He have his paw this... caught on something. No, no, he's been in his cage. But I'll tell you the. I think the biggest thing is is the snow. This oh, is only is the second right? time he's seen snow, and you know I took him for a long walk this morning, and uh, he just loves it. Like, oh my oh, god, see, does he love he it? Wants to be out there, huh? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Hey, did you hear uh, Betty White passed away? I know. Yeah. I, I thought she was going to live. She was 99. She was almost 100 years old. <clears throat> yeah, not I know. That, that's really that was an American treasure. Uh, yeah, I really loved her. Just yeah. every movie that she's been in over the last 15 years, she's just hit a home run. Uh, just really funny and uh, really have loved her, her career. Uh, one of my favorites was that uh, Snickers commercial that she was in. Do you remember where? Uh, okay, so uh, these guys are playing like backyard football, and the one guy's just uh, um, 
the, the one guy is uh, is is just complaining, but he's it's actually Betty White. And uh, it's like, dude, what's the matter I with you? And kind of Betty, this. Betty White is like, oh, but well, these guys are doing this and they're doing that here. Just have a Snickers. And they eat, she eats the Snickers and she turns back into a dude again. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. I do remember seeing that. Uh, she's, she just had a great sense of humor. I liked her on the Mary Tyler Moore show as well. Mm, oh, God, that was a long time ago. She always played the old lady type. You know, she never really changed her character. Yeah, she never. She, she yeah, I think that it came out of that. Apparently on Mary Tyler Moore, she was supposed to just be a, uh, um, just a, what do you call where she's just one episode she was supposed to oh. be in and she did so well and the ratings did so well that they used her as a regular after that. That's funny. That's a, an amazing case of uh, Breaking Bad where the character Jesse was supposed to be a spot character like that for, I oh, think only... Right? I think only the pilot episode, but he was so popular, he became the co-star, and he was everybody's favorite. Yeah, he was so that that show. Oh my God, I know I always bring it up, but and with that, a uh, similar show in its final season is coming out Ozark in about three weeks, and Lisa and I can't wait. We've already decided we're gonna plan snacks, particular snacks like good stuff. We're gonna take it to another level for each episode. Oh, I don't know anything about that show. What is that about again? It's a, it's a family. Okay. So this guy is an accountant in Chicago and this is the pilot episode right here. He and his partner are these high level accountants in Chicago and they were kind of sort of laundering money for the Mexican cartel and the cartel shows up. Something happens. I don't know what, but uh, Oh, he didn't, the main character doesn't know it. His partner was doing all this money laundering okay. for the all cartel. Right. Well, the cartel shows up at their big high rise in Chicago and like, you better fix this. Whatever you do with our books, it's messed up or something, you know, paraphrasing a lot. And so Marty, the main character, they kill his partner right there. Boom. This is the pilot episode. And whoa. So, yeah. So Marty's like, no, 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 I can fix it. I can fix it. And, and they're like, how, how? And well, his partner just a minute before this happened, gave him this brochure, how he was going to run off to the Ozarks and um, you know, those finger lakes that um, if you know anything about it, look it up if you don't know anything about it, but um, it's kind of a middle of nowhere, all these big lakes and everything. Mm. And uh, so Marty just like fearing for his life says, well, because I, I, I'm going to open up all of these money laundering things for you here in the Ozarks. And so he saves his own life and of his families by promising the world to the Mexican cartel. He doesn't know what the hell. he was trying to figure out what was going on in the meantime so that's the premise of the movie they have to move out to nowhereville ozarks on these lakes here where there's just hillbillies then there's uh there's more up and coming type people there's just all kinds of shady characters and he has to open up these businesses to launder all this money to keep his family alive from the mexican cartel who keeps showing up oh. and Oh boy, they have to start killing people and things like that. So it's dark. And, uh, and, and every time that's like, okay, we actually pulled that off and we laundered all their money. Then they up the, up the ante, 
and they have oh, to do geez. something bigger. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic show. Is it? It sounds anxiety provoking. It is, but the acting is so great. The character development is so great. Just in it's and like Breaking Bad, they're sticking, I believe, to five seasons, and boom, that's the cap. Which is I gotcha. I love that the artistic integrity. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that too. It's I don't know if I ever brought this up, but this drives me crazy about Netflix. They always just. Oh, we didn't renew all of these episodes, uh, all of these series, you know, all, half of which were doing pretty well. And but they looked at the numbers and they think that they could bring in some new stuff and get better numbers. I and it drives me crazy because I just think I think if they thought it through from this end, they have all of these really good series that, you know, have no ending. So why bother watching them? You know, these right, past right. ones. Why would they just not say that was good numbers, pretty good, but we think we got something better. So let's just do half a season to cap that uh-huh, to put, uh-huh. put yeah. a clo- closure yeah. on it. Then you can sell that encapsulated right. series to whoever. And, you know, it's Instead more of static, just cutting them off at the knees. Leave, yeah. Leaving yeah. it there in the ether. Uh, I think that, you know, it's more satisfying, obviously for your own viewers, uh, you have more faith in your network, but it also, it seems to me in the end, it'd be more profitable for them to be able to sell that in the future to a syndicate to, you know, whoever, I mean, yeah, so, yeah. That sounds like a great, uh, marketing me crazy. Yeah. yeah there was this, that too. I told you a long time ago, there was a fantastic series on prime, uh, mm-hmm. bloodline. And I started watching it because it was set in the keys. And so it was about this family that lived in Key West and uh, it's just fantastic. And like Ozark, it was just like all these horribly dark things would happen and they had to get themselves out of jams. But it was just so beautiful. I'd never been to the Keys, believe it or not. And so I was in the Keys kind of played such a big part in it. And, and so I, I loved a very popular series. Very good. And then they just didn't renew it. So it never had an ending. The perfect example of that. Uh. Yeah. yeah, no, no closure. Yeah, that's, just that's, do, uh, just we do need six, closure. Yeah. Six, six episodes to to cap right. it off. That's it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need, so we, yeah. yeah. Why don't they consult me? You know, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they should they should. Yeah. Hey, I got something to follow up on. Uh, your favorite. Uh, oh, kind of a, a, come a on! You got something? Right yeah, I do actually. I um, so this thing that was on the moon you were asking i think yes. it was the last show it was like what were they what happened what, what's it's going been on? three so, four weeks now yeah so uh i think we should be learning something pretty quickly on that uh well God, maybe, maybe not maybe not here's here it is uh, oh, it says that the lunar rover that spotted a strange cube-shaped object and will alter uh its official course to check it out needing two to three months to arrive what seriously yep yep so uh so we we, that thing can move three feet and get a better picture whoops yeah so so okay i guess it's kind of hard to tell the distance on this this is a really bad picture there's no good picture either. no but it's the moon it's not like it's that big you know but it's not that far who knows how fast that little rover can move as well but that Anyway, I just wanted to follow up on that and let you know that they did say two to 
We will never, ever hear another thing about it because the closer it gets to it, the more it's going to be like, oh, that's a couple of rocks, you know, (laughs) for sure. Yeah, it's too bad that it's going to take that long. (laughs) You would think, come on, man, you you could get another spaceship up there by that time. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, So what else you got? I got still got snow here. Here, Here's a here's something. Here's some minutes. Just sorry, something that uh, I think is just kind of interesting. Oh, this I saw that. That, yeah. that they found. Very yeah. interesting. I mean, because it's so well preserved. It's but a baby I, dinosaur, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're talking about just how uh, inside of this egg, it's just, just exactly the way birds are. And oh. uh, sort of the Jurassic Park theory where mm-hmm. the guy was like, oh, dinosaurs are really all, you know, bird-like or whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty amazing. There's some I other- love that stuff. I, I don't share most of it because I didn't think you would find it interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty interesting. Like, what's up? And, and also, here's what I was thinking is, how in the world does an egg get fossilized like that? Like, you know, what, I think it's such a... Happen? a rare moment in time. Like sometimes I remember just back from elementary school that some of these things would be because uh, ember, uh, it would get caught in this ember that would gel at just the right time. Other times a volcano eruption. And so then the lava would just cool over something at just the right time. Uh, mm-hmm. Other times it something would be compressed in mud, which would slowly turn to rock, you know, but the 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 circumstances are such that it's preserved so it doesn't happen very often but you know never things can happen but when you see this a lot of times i don't want to bring that up because of biblically that now you got to wrestle with that biblically biblically Uh, all right well i'm glad to hear that why, so, why do you why do you say that? Just oh, come on. It's the obvious. So there's Adam and Eve 6000 years ago, beginning of humankind, which doesn't account for dinosaurs prior hmm. or, or Noah's Ark and all that. Well, I, I first off, um, the 6000 year thing is it doesn't actually say 6000 years in the Bible. People have extrapolated that out. Um, another thing is that, um, this, uh, this whole notion of dinosaurs, uh, are actually in the Bible. Um, the Leviathan is in the book of Job, which is the oldest, uh, uh, book of the Bible, uh, which very well could be a dinosaur, man and dinosaurs could have lived at the same time. We, we just don't know. And here's the other thing, the whole carbon 14, uh, testing thing, um, thought a lot about that uh, you know oh well, that's seven thousand years old or that's seven seven seventy million years old i don't know how they could actually tell if something's 70 million years old or something's you know uh six million years old i i, I don't know if i'm if i believe all of that but i do believe it's pretty obvious that there were creatures on this earth that are huge one last thing i'll say is that um If you look at Genesis chapter one, um, the earth uh, was in existence before uh, Adam and Eve were here. It says that uh, that the earth stood out formless and there was chaos. Uh, It appears that the Bible makes it pretty clear that before Adam and Eve were here on the earth, that this, this planet uh, in some form or another did exist. So 
I don't know everything, but I do know that it's hard to say that uh, these fossils that we have aren't real. You can't say that. So they obviously existed at some time. Yeah, I don't like to uh, get into situations where I'm like questioning people's faith and stuff. So that's why I don't try to go there too much. But I can say, go ahead, man, I love listening to Jordan Peterson's lectures, who's a Christian. Uh, and he wrestles with these things too. And he just about two weeks ago did a show with two other professors that wrote a book based on his biblical studies on Jordan, which is, you know, uh, pretty amazing. And their conversation was, uh, pretty amazing. And a lot of it, I'm going to be honest with you, goes over my head. It is very intellectual and you need certainly need a, a strong basis of knowledge in the Bible. And these guys in particular talked a lot about Genesis, which was fascinating, but also over my head. And uh, you would great I think book. you would love uh, love those lectures. But yeah. I do. I like I like to hear them wrestle with reconciling today what we know now with biblical stuff. And because, you know, people have taken it so Oh, this dog's killing me, man. Um, so at a face value of the world is 6,000 years old, there's no theory, theory of re- evolution. There are no dinosaurs. There was, you know, that's what it was like for a long, long time. And things have evolved over time. And I like to hear about that, how that's coming, unfolding, like what a lot of uh, Jordan Peterson will say a lot of things. He said something, he said something to those guys about, Genesis that uh, atheists like Sam Harris will take Genesis and pull it apart and say that could not possibly be because of these scientific facts. And that is the reality. Dog, really give me a minute. And uh, Jordan Peterson says, but that's not the whole truth. You're talking about some physics that have happened. And, um, and he says, I think it's more of a truth if you follow Genesis and you extrapolate the moral underpinnings of what has gone on and uh, the meaning of what has gone on. You're going to get more truth out of that, even though you can't. It's really complicated, but I understand it. And with a dog whining in my ear like this, it's really hard to even. Yeah, think. yeah, no kidding. It's a little distracting. Yeah, but, um, I would just say this: that I, I personally can't see where God and science are at odds. At yeah, all. you've mentioned that uh, before. Um, I think God is the God of science, and um, and that's proven throughout the Bible as well. And uh, obviously, we don't know everything, right? But um, but we do know that these things are are real. The fossils are real, and so uh, we do also know that uh, animals become extinct. Um, we, we've seen that in in our own lifetime. So. Uh, the proof that uh, there are animal, there was animal life that does not exist anymore. It shouldn't be too surprising whatsoever. And I think that um, there are many uh, schools of thought that have tried to use science to disprove God. But I think that um, there's an equal amount of people that could point to those exact same things, just like you pointed out and say, no, that doesn't really disprove God. That actually proves God even more. So, 
that's all I have to say. About I think that. the two have to coexist. Yeah. So, um, so I think that uh, that God and science go together. It's, I know the more God I wouldn't learn. make sense if if if. Uh, and and here's the other thing too is that science is fallible. Um, we've we've learned things oh, yeah. about science and and then we find out nope we were wrong about that. That's why you know there's a. Uh, uh, theory that's why these are based Dr. on Fauci cannot be wrong. <laughs> that's that's a scary place right there. <laughs> uh, well, when we deify these people, that's when we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, hey, I wanted to just say, uh, and I read this great book. Uh, it's called The President and the Freedom Fighter by Brian Kilmeade. It's a New York Times bestseller out there. And uh, it's about Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. I've heard of the book. Yeah, it was a really well-written book. I've read a couple of books by him, and uh, he's he does a really great job of putting this together. I love stories about Abraham Lincoln. I didn't really know a whole lot about Frederick Douglass, but uh, in this book, he really pulls out how uh, Lincoln was, um, first off, very similar backgrounds in a way. I mean, Lincoln was brought up in poverty, uh, didn't have anything, and kind of a no way that a guy like this is going to end up as the president of the United States. Obviously, uh, Frederick Douglass, a slave, uh, no chance of him making a, any kind of mark on America. And these two guys end up intersecting later in life and, uh, and, and change the whole country. Um, it, it, it's sort of an amazing uh, feat of impossibility for these two guys to even intersect, let alone change the reality of our, of our United States. But um, when you take a look at, there's a couple of things that came out that I didn't know, um, and, and I, maybe I wasn't as familiar with. But uh, uh, you know, for instance, um, you know, Abraham Lincoln didn't set out to free the slaves when he became the president. Oh, it was a long and complicated process that basic history glosses right over. It really, it really does. Yeah. I, I mean, he was his main goal was to preserve the Union. But uh, this book does a great job of showing how his thinking evolves over his presidency and how uh, Frederick Douglass uh, really uh, felt like as he as he actually he escaped uh, to in order to become free. Uh, an amazing story that he had. And he ends up um, uh, getting with these other abolitionists and um, and they all feel that uh, the in order to. Uh, free the slaves, they have to get rid of this document called the Constitution and come up with a new document. Mm. And um, uh, but it shows throughout the book how his thinking evolves over time as well, it, to the point where he realizes it's actually the Constitution that is the power behind freeing the slaves. Uh, pretty interesting read. It's totally it uh, a page turner and worth your time checking it out. I like that. Yeah. I think that we should wind up, Merle. If you got anything else, uh, please go ahead. Uh, I think we're good. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got a few things to do, like kill this dog. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. got uh, 
uh, with the whole moving thing going on. Oh, um, we've God. got uh, some uh, so much some major things that are happening here today. Um, given some, I have a big load of things that are going to Goodwill. I've got a big oh. donation that's going to Veterans of America as well. And you um, know what? I want to put this bug in your ear because I have some notes here about how to get rid of on how to sell your unwanted possessions, uh, declutter, downsize. Uh, but I, since you've gone through so much of this right now, I think towards the upfront uh, part of next episode, we should talk about that a bit because yeah, you can shed some light on. I mean, I'm sure you've done a bit of research and had to make some strong decisions. Everything happens so that. quickly as well that yeah. I'm probably not doing everything that I could be doing. So anything that you have might make me mad. <laughs> well, I think it's <laughs> worth too a discussion. Late. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. I'm curious. I, I, I am curious. And hey, right, it's right a on. few minutes discussion. Yeah. So sounds yeah. good, man. All right. Good luck with that, buddy. Have a great. How, how's the weather there? Beautiful. It's okay. been beautiful all week long. It's going to be probably 70 degrees out there today and sunny. <gasps> Nice, nice. All right, guys. Love you. See you next week, buddy. Take care. All right, bye.